know, in casual conversation, bring up some real shit. You know, I think it's really easy to fall into a playbook of you're going to say this, I'm going to say this, and we both know how this conversation is going to go and we're going to stay at the surface level the whole time. That can be fine in some instances, right? Maybe you're not feeling too social. Yeah, like what are you hitting today? Yeah, but if you you do that all the time, right, and you never say, oh, man, dude, I've been struggling, like my bicep growth, I don't know how to get that activation. One, you're going to miss out on the potential advice from that person and how that person could help you. And two, you're never going to make a real genuine connection with somebody. You're never going to have a close friend if you never open up. This week on Proof of Concept, we had college builder, professional people connector, and certified game player of college, Luke Clancy. We talked to Luke about how to make the most out of your time in college and some of the strategies you can use to actually win at college. Luke mentioned the importance of being a super connector for people, building an engine for learning, and taking up spontaneous opportunities whenever possible. This is going to be the first of a two-part episode. We wanted to add that a lot of you guys are listening but aren't following. If you want to be notified about our weekly episodes, give us a follow. Also, to help boost us in the search engine rankings and help more young go-getters like yourself discover this community, taking the time to leave a review goes a long way. Thank you and enjoy the show. Um, But yeah, so me and Isar, we both read your article as well as many other kids our age. And we all took a lot of value from it. And just in general, having some abstract things such as college and explaining it in some analogy is always very good to understand. Like there's some definition of learning where it's taking something somebody doesn't understand and using things they do understand to relate the two and build those bridges. And I think that that article did a lot of things successfully that way, right? So first question that we want to dive into is to play any game, whatever it may be, is you need to have some justification to be at the table, right? So in this case, within college, with it having that $30,000 price tag that we were talking about, what are some reasons why that is justified and why somebody should even want to take a seat at the table to begin with? Yeah, it's uh, a good question. I think to start, it's sort of surprising how many people don't even know uh, why they're in college or don't realize like how big the stakes are. And so for me, it gives me some comfort to like just define them and even see maybe I'm wrong, but at least I'm like working towards something. Um, and for me, my opinion has changed throughout the years. Um, but I think the main reason to go to college is the people. Um, and that comes in a, a few different areas of, of why it's valuable. Number one, is it really challenges your personal beliefs and philosophies and how you approach life. You know, being exposed to kids from China, kids from Korea, kids from California, for, you know, somebody from just Illinois who's only been exposed to Midwest people, it's like a new, it's a new thing. Um, And as a result, you get to learn that a lot of the assumptions that you thought about how the world worked are only true in the little part that you grew up in. And for me, that was like a really foundational change. And as a result, it sparked a, you know, a tree of curiosity, a a planted a seed of curiosity that like, wow, I may not know how most things work in the world. So that was a huge thing. And then also all of the opportunities that you get professionally come as a result of the people that know you well. 
Um, I mean, obviously you get some jobs over LinkedIn and stuff, but of all the stories that I've heard, by the time people are past their first job, it comes as a result of the people that they know. And I think that's more of a result that your network grows when you leave college or people start thinking more critically about their professional network when they leave college and rather than um, it's just like after your first job, now people start recommending you for jobs. It's like, no, nah, if you have a big enough network, you probably won't have to you know, go through a formal application process at all. And so to justify college, I think it's those two things and then also credentializing yourself and uh, being able to work hard and, and actually like develop a, a, a real skill set, you know, something that you can actually put your uh, put your leg on or put your you know plant your flag in that like you understand how to sell things, you understand um, you know computer science or whatever major that you chose to study, and that's a a topic that uh, the market values. Yeah. yeah. Um, I wanted to touch on the network thing a little bit. Um, I was re- like I was skimming through the article before this and. One of the things that you had mentioned in the beginning was like picking a good tribe, like about the average of like five to 10 friends, which everyone's heard probably (laughs) a thousand times now. Um, So now you're now you're obviously like a senior. Um, How'd you kind of like come into college and like now looking back, thinking about how you kind of built that network and found all those people? What are some of those like action steps you took to kind of find that tribe that you have? Yeah, a lot of it just comes from being really, really open. Like, I think you'd be surprised at how many people you come across and have the opportunity to, to have a genuine interaction with every single day. You know, for example, when I was living in my dorm, every single day I left my door open whenever I was doing work. As long as I wasn't changing, my door was open <laughs> and there was music playing. And I formed a ton of friends as a result. You know, like eight out of the 11 roommates that I have right now all lived in my same dorm my freshman year. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah you know, awesome. and obviously there's other watering holes you can go into, right? Like clubs and stuff like that. Um, but my general approach is just to, uh, to have genuine interactions. And when you find somebody that you see potential in as like a really good friend, right? Somebody that you sort of hit it off with for a little bit, not being afraid to pursue that and to show that person Hey, I'm, I'm really interested in you. I want to get to know you better. Let's get coffee. Let's do something. Uh, I think a lot of people, you know, you have a good interaction and then you sort of let it die off. Um, but for me, uh, and when I look back at a lot of the good relationships that I've had have come as a result of seeing some potential and then investing in that and seeing, okay, is this like my type of person? And the more that you you know, the more time you put into something, uh, the more quality you will see as a result. And the same thing comes with friendships. That's interesting. Why? I think about that a little bit. So there's a lot of people that I'll be like lifting at the arc or something. And I'll be like, hey, like, can I work in? Work in with them, like chop it up for like three, four sets. And one thing that I started to do, I think this like last year and a half or so, I think just since I got to college, because it almost kind of became a norm, mm. or at least I perceived it to be a norm, yeah. is afterwards I'll be like, hey, like, can I just grab your Instagram? I'll, like, I'll see what you're doing on a random Tuesday in November or something. Mm-hmm. And I've pretty much done that with like everyone that I've just like chopped it up with mm. and like I've enjoyed it. And it's just cool, because like, now I'll see their story or something, and it'll be, oh, like this is what they're up to. And then you can almost just keep tabs on everybody else's life. And I also see 
a, like within all of like the stuff that we're talking about right now, a reshuffling of the people who you want to be around or the people that best suit who you want to become, like slowly like entering your life in, a, in alignment to that, you know? So with you going like throughout the years, I take, take it who you wanted to be in the future, your freshman year, Mm -hmm. it's probably different than who you want to be in the future now right yeah so actually i'm I'm curious like who did you want to be like coming into college like what was like who was luke freshman year because i don't think i've actually ever had this conversation with you but like how is he different like what what was he thinking i think i think a lot of it is pretty similar uh but i think i just had a better picture of what my future could look like so a lot of it was just related to holistic growth right i wanted to be in really good shape. You know, I wanted to be super athletic cause I wasn't that athletic growing up. I wanted to be, you know, continue to be like a sort of social butterfly because I'd realized like, this is something that I really like to do. I wanted to be smart. I wanted to be entrepreneurial. Um, and I think maybe in the last year or so, another thing that's been at is like more spiritual or like emotionally in tune. Um, maybe then freshman year. I just think the difference has been now I can see what that could materialize into. And as a result of just seeing that, oh, this is possible, like this sort of lifestyle is possible. And I actually know people personally who are five years older than me and are thriving in life from a holistic basis uh, rather than just seeing somebody off Instagram or some sort of outlier on social media. Just gives me a lot more confidence to keep pursuing the things that I'm pursuing. Um, and I think that's sort of been the main difference. I'm, I'm sure I've like grown in a lot of different ways, uh, but in general, it's just been, I, I want to be holistically successful. I want to have like a couple of people that love me. I want to have a lot of friends who I can have a good time with. And I want to be like someone with a Swiss army knife type <laughs> of personality where you're, yeah. you're continually surprised that, Oh, I can do this or that or this. Um, because I'm, Super interested in a bunch of different things. Yeah. I, I want to bring up a question we actually talked about with Will. Um, and it kind of reminds me of that. Like, you were kind of just hinting at it with, like, with, your, with what you're saying, with, like, this holistic balance of things. And one of the things we talked about a while with him was, okay, to have holistic balance, you, act, you have to be inputting time into, like, different domains, Right. But at the same time, it can be easy to feel like you're spreading yourself too thin in that way, too. Mm-hmm. So how do you balance both of those two things of, hey, I want to be a champion of balance. I want to be going at this holistically. But at the same time, I want to make sure that I'm actually moving in those areas mm-hmm. and that my growth isn't just stagnated. Yeah, I don't have this all figured out. Um, I guess I have two thoughts is like. One, you got to stick to the fundamentals and you got to have some non-negotiables. And two, you got to realize that you can have it all, just not at the same time. So on like the mm. fundamentals or the, uh, or the um, like just having a baseline, right? Is like every day I wake up and there's certain things that I do to make sure that I'm mentally fit, to make sure that I'm physically fit. Um, and to make sure that I'm pushing the ball forward or professionally or socially. Um, and then on occasion I'll like, you know, study some books on philosophy or spirituality and stuff like that. And I think there can be really, really small things that just keep you on track and make sure that you're sort of making your daily deposits 
and the pillars that make you who you are are not crippling. Uh, not all of them have to be like clicking on all cylinders um, because, you know, maybe you're really, really invested in one aspect. But as long as you have non-negotiable habits that you stick to, you're never going to, you know, you, you may not see results like super, super quickly, but you're never going to be fading. Yeah. And you're always going to get better at that thing. And then, uh, yeah, just realizing you can have it all, but not at the same time. It's like there's certain seasons for stuff, right? Like maybe, you know, my sophomore and junior year, I spent a lot of time building my club Alana blockchain. You know, I was probably uh, less social than I am now, right? I, I'm not getting like, I wasn't getting coffee with random people and I wasn't working out as much as I was before. And as a result of making the sacrifices, I've gotten a lot of other cool opportunities and just like a really cool experience under my belt. Um, but yeah, those are like sort of the two things that I stick to is like non-negotiables and you know, doubling down on whatever your season you're in at the, at the moment. Yeah. Um, I want to touch on that a little bit. Um, so I was reading something somewhere and it was like balance, like the only way to have balance is to keep yourself super busy. Mm. Um, and I know you're like a big thing and like you're, you're big into like building something, doing something on the side, always like always having something else to do other than like the basic stuff that everyone's doing, working out, going to class, like kind of like the basic stuff that you do while you're in college. Mm -hmm. Um, Do you think that's kind of like helped you with like balance as well? Like always having a side project to work on so that your schedule's always full? Um, hmm. I think having a side project always sort of keeps the creative juices going and just makes me energized. I like having something that I'm always tinkering with. And I do think that being busy, like if you want work done, give it to the busy man. You know, like the less busy I am, usually my other habits fall to the side. Um, and the more busy I am, as long as you have like a, a good balance and you're not just like completely messed up and you're like losing sleep and stuff like that, it's usually easy to keep the good habits because you just got the snowball rolling and stuff like that. Um, but I'm also a really big fan, you know, over break of just living life a little bit more slowly. And as long as you built up enough evidence that like you're the type of person that works out every day, you're the type of person that is going to reach out to friends and like make sure those connections are meaningful and you have systems in place to hold, hold you accountable even if you're having an off day. It's okay to not be busy. It's almost like good to not be busy, right? You want to like be able to stop and smell the roses and like actually be in the reality that you're at, you know, rather than being like, oh, like I've got to get to this thing and then this thing and then this. And then before you know it, it's nine o'clock and you've got to, you know, you're tired and you want to go to bed. Um, yeah, I'm sort of like a big fan now of just going slower. Yeah. Um, Will was telling us about the word Nixon. No, uh, I think it was Nike. Nixon? I don't know how it was pronounced, but I looked it up. I think it's spelled N-I-K-S-E-N. Have you ever heard of that? I think he explained it to me one time, but I, I forgot. <laughs> it, it's just like the practice of doing nothing. Like mm. keeping like time open on your schedule. Yeah. That just blank. Yeah. And just wherever this takes me, wherever it takes me. Yeah. This means like watching a football game. Cool. Maybe it's going to an indie concert with my friends. Maybe... Going to a jazz band on a Tuesday night, you know, whatever it may be. And I feel like I, I yeah, like, okay, this semester, I've been doing that same thing a lot of just mm-hmm. going slower. I mean, we were just talking about it. And I was able to like, kind of like, I had this thought the other day that I like put into a tweet 
that I feel like it's been really true to me. Mm. And I'd like to hear your thoughts and yeah. whether or not you think that this is true for you or also just maybe true in general. It was, I don't enjoy being busy. I enjoy the ego and being a busy person. Mm. Do you see that to be true at all? Because I feel like down here especially, you can be easily rewarded by going from this to this to this. You get this tons of like reinforcement yeah. of like, wow, they're doing so much. They're in this, they're in that. Like, look at their resume. Mm. They're part of everything. Totally. And you can get rewarded by just doing so much, but maybe you just don't enjoy it yourself. So do you think that's almost like a trap to fall into college? Or do you think that that's, there's also good in that as well? I think there's definitely good. Like, I'm a huge fan of just making shit happen. <laughs> yeah. You know? Yeah. I'm a huge fan of doing things slowly. As long as I'm not wasting the time and, or, or spending that time in a way that's going to make me feel shameful later on, you know, just going on my phone and stuff. Usually it's like a pretty good day. And I look back on that and I'm happy with how the day went. And especially like the more things that I do and I feel like, wow, I really, I really lived this day. Like I, I, you know, won the day. It makes me feel really good. Uh, now that said, I'm also a huge fan and I'm really scared of uh, aimlessly drifting through life and not knowing what is meaningful to me, what fills up my bucket and doing things for the ego and for the sake of doing them rather than doing them because they're authentic to me. And the way that I sort of approach that problem is just by reflecting and just being observant of what stuff fills up my bucket, what stuff doesn't, doing more of the things that fill up my bucket and less of the things that don't, and not being afraid to try out new things. Um, but yeah, I definitely think it's stupid to just uh, dive into something that really does not feel right deep down. Yeah. And also, you don't need for whatever your future thing is, mm. and you're doing it for the for for fake reasons. Yeah, I think that's really, really dangerous, and that's where you can fall into some serious like mental health issues once you like come to the realization, like, holy shit, I just wasted X amount of time. Yeah, that's what's so beautiful about breaks at this age. Because mm -hmm. when you get in the workforce, you don't really get breaks, right? Maybe it's like one to two a year. Yeah, at least or, not assigned. Yeah, yeah. So be able to have the month off to just like sit there and reflect. Mm. It's really, really, really nice and a blessing. Yeah. Um, one thing I'm curious to hear about is just being a super connector in general. Like, mm -hmm. I know that we've talked like about this a lot in the last year. Yeah. But what benefits do you get from being a super connector? And also just what is that? Because someone's, someone might not like fully be like yeah. understanding what that is. And what benefits, I guess, have you experienced? Yeah. So being a super connector is... I don't even, uh, like, I, you know, it's kind of intuitive, but at the yeah, same time, it's, so it's just, I think somebody who makes it a priority in their life to connect folks that they think would get along together, either personally or professionally. And yeah, really make it a priority that like, I want people in my network to know each other and to benefit from knowing each other. And that leads to a surprisingly vast amount of really great things you know just by making it can be on the personal side right is i can look at my friends chaz and uh and colin meyer and they're best friends and that happened because freshman year i saw that both of them were interested in physics both of them were computer engineers 
And both of them were people that I liked socially. So then I was like, hey, let's all do physics homework together. They hit it off and they have been best friends ever since. I look at you and, and Jacob Swinney. I don't know if you met him beforehand, but bringing you both to the jam sessions and sort of bringing you as a part of what our friend group was last year. Now it's like sort of a big bro, little bro thing. Yeah. And that's so cool to be able to see, right? Like that alone makes it worth it to just send out a text and intro two people together and be like, hey, would you be interested in meeting this guy? Hey, would you be interested in meeting this girl? Okay, you should both hang out. Or doing like a group hangout. Um, yeah, I'm a big, big fan of like combining friends. Uh, but then also from maybe like another, like a professional side is it's really difficult to find ways to provide value to people when you don't have like a, like maybe a podcast is a good way to do it, right? You give somebody a platform. But I think sometimes when you're reaching out to somebody older than you or just reaching out to a peer that you don't know, it can be difficult to find ways to help them out. And the most beautiful relationships and the most fruitful relationships come when you're just like continually helping somebody out with no expectation of what they can give you in return. And one of the easiest ways to help somebody out is to introduce them to somebody that they would hit it off with or somebody that could potentially work with them um, and is like aligned with them professionally. And for me, that's been an awesome way for someone to remember me as the type of person that when you talk to them, good things happen because I'm just keeping them in the back of my mind and I'm remembering like, Oh, this person's really interested in venture capital and is a little bit older and runs a fund here on the other side is my other friend. You know, I'm thinking of my buddy, Zach Geinzer and then my other buddy, Proby Shandilia, who is a junior and has worked a couple of internships and they both went to the same college. And I'm like, Hey, Zach, you would probably be interested in meeting like a really, really smart, high potential kid who has proven himself, written a book, worked for Daryl Morey. And Proby, you would probably be really interested in somebody who is three years ahead of you living in New York and right next to you who thinks just like you. Easy connection. And I know they're going to hit it off. And maybe they end up just like you and, and Jacob or just like Chaz and Colin. And they end up becoming best friends. And when they think back to their friendship, they think back to me. And I think it's always really nice to have a positive uh, image in somebody else's mind. Yeah, it's kind of cool. Everyone just like looks at you as the guy like, oh, yeah, I know my best friend because of Luke. So it's kind of cool if you think about it from your point of view. Yeah. And, and tons of companies are not hiring people who basically just do that. I mean, that's basically what a lot of venture capitalists do is they just get good at finding people who they could either place in portfolio companies or founders that they could hire in or, or invest in mm-hmm. or, hire, or invest in in the future. And that's like they're professional connectors. And uh, if you just do that over 5, 10, 20, 30 years, that leads to compounding network effects. Compounding. That was the word that immediately was going. Yeah. There's a, I, have like, I always have so many thoughts on this topic because it's always like it all compounds. I think about it a little bit with our little, our little friend group that we have, and my two best are like our our best friends uh, aren't here. Uh, I met through them just like in the elevator, like freshman mm-hmm. year. Ended up eating, sitting down, eating with them, and then Philip, like Philip was my roommate, who I ended up meeting through them. Like our other two roommates that we now have, Santino and Mike, I worked with them back home, mm-hmm. so they end up becoming roommates yeah. through me, and. 
it is is there's a certain level of like it's just it just puts a smile on my face to be able to think about it like hey like i not not i don't know you don't want to like not like selfishly but like wow like this is beautiful because at the moment i put in the effort to like make these connections and obviously i didn't know what's going to happen but now to be able to see everybody's enjoying each other's presence yeah it's something that's and it's it's also like it's it's something that really works. I mean, we experienced it firsthand. Like a third, like put us together. Like I think you know a third. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, I was friends with a third, and he was friends with a third, but we weren't like we weren't friends. And we both mentioned to a third that we wanted to start a podcast, and he was like, "Hey, you should meet Isar." Or mm-hmm. to me, he was like, "You should <laughs> yeah, meet Austin." Yeah, yeah. And then, I mean, now here we are. So <laughs> yeah, yeah. One, uh, I was listening to a Modern Wisdom episode the other day with. David Goggins, they were, they were talking about Joe Rogan, and David Goggins explained this trait about Joe Rogan really well, which I liked, and it's very on theme with this, is he's somebody that's made it, and his philosophy is the cake's big enough for everybody to get a piece. Yeah. And in college, I think it could be, or even just in life, it's easy to think, hey, like, somebody else succeeding takes away from mine. Mm-hmm. But I, I, do, I don't really believe that to be the case, mm-hmm. right? And if you're consistently going out of your way, maybe it might be a, na- a loss in the now because maybe they're going to pick somebody else, like they're going to pick somebody else above you for like whatever yeah. position it may be. Or I'm trying to think of some other examples, but I, I think you get the point here. But on the macro, I, at least how I feel like it's going to happen, everything is going to end up being a win. You know, because if you do do right by everyone, you're not going to, I don't feel like it'll ever be a loss in the wrong term. And also, yeah. even on your conscious, you're never going to have to ever think, yeah. oh, like I succeeded, but it's only at the fault of somebody else. Mm-hmm. And that's something that, something that rings, rings true in my mind a lot. But okay, talk a little bit about strategy of how to get from A to B, at least in college and defining where B is for somebody. But another thing that we you talked about there and just traits that you should seek to upgrade in your video game character mm-hmm. during your time in college. Mm-hmm. So, well, what do you think are some of the most important ones? And also, just like me being curious, like what are some of the ones that you feel like have upgraded the most for you in college and mm-hmm. how did you upgrade them? Yeah. On your note on the like positive some games and like yeah. just... It's just a better life to be in a scenario where yeah. it's like always a win-win and you are surrounded by people who play win-win type of games rather than win-lose, uh, you know, and people like to do business with people that they like and people that help them out. So it makes no sense to not be somebody that somebody likes and be somebody that helps other people out. And when you look back, like I, I want to look back at my scorecard as a human and be like, I, like, I, gave more to the world than I received, you know? I think that's just a good way to measure, like, I'm a good person. <laughs> yeah. You know? Yeah. So it's like, why yeah. not just be a good person and make that part of you? Life's just more fun that way. Yeah. I, I don't understand. I mean, who knows? Like, it's just fun to be nice. It's fun to say thank you to someone when they open the door. Totally. I... I don't know. It's just, I don't know. Like, it's just more fun to live that way. Yeah. But you were about to, like... Yeah. But it takes... It takes... Um, confidence and it takes the willingness to be vulnerable because sometimes you may make a comment to somebody and they you know give you the cold shoulder and you're like god that sucks 
damn, yeah. like damn, I'm a loser. <laughs> yeah, you know, yeah. because yeah. you put yourself out there, you made yourself vulnerable, and you know, you opened up a chink in your armor, and they like shot a little arrow through. But if you never open up those, you know, parts of your armor, like you're never gonna actually make a real, genuine connection, and that's the only thing that keeps people happy long term is having people that love them and they love. Yeah. Uh, now that said, going on to like the traits of somebody in college that wants to make genuine relationships with people. Uh, we talked about one, which is being vulnerable and being willing to, uh, you know, in casual conversation, bring up some real shit. You know, I think it's really easy to fall into a playbook of you're going to say this, I'm going to say this. And we both know how this conversation is going to go. And we're going to stay at the surface level the whole time. That can be fine in some instances, right? Maybe you're not feeling too social. Yeah, like what are you hitting today? Yeah. But if you, <laughs> if you yeah. do that all the time, right? And you never say, oh, man, dude, I've been struggling. Like my bicep growth. I don't know how to get that activation. One, you're going to miss out on the potential advice from that person and how that person could help you. And two, you're never going to make a real genuine connection with somebody. You're never going to have a close friend if you never open up. And so you need, like you will not try to try to think back to any real ass relationship that you have and think about what were the pivotal points where that turned from a surface level friend to a actual good friend. And it, every single time I will guarantee you happened when you were talking about some real ass shit and you were being, you know, sharing your insecurities and uh, willing to open up to them. And, and they did the same. And so if you want to make real ass connections with people, you got to do that in conversation. Now, that doesn't mean that you just trauma dump on somebody <laughs> yeah, yeah, at the bar. Yeah, yeah. But it does mean that you open up a little bit, right? You talk about, oh, man, you know, I've been really stressed about this thing. And, um, you know, I'm trying to get better. I'm trying this out, whatever it be. Uh, or you share, like, some stupid story about how you messed up. And that, one, sets the bar to show the other person, hey, this is normal. It is okay to to share something like this and it gives them the confidence to share. Uh, and then two, it's like, who knows? Maybe like they have the same experience and now you're trading funny stories about how you were like super weird or goofy or whatever it is. So one is being vulnerable. Two, I think is uh, being genuinely interested and charismatic in other people. So I think the interested part is a lot of people end up running out of questions. They feel like they run out of questions to ask somebody. And I think that can happen for two reasons. I think it can happen, one, because they're thinking too much about how they're being perceived in the moment, and they're too in their own head to actually be present. And two, because they're not actually interested, because they've told themselves that this thing that this person is talking about is not interesting. When in reality, I think everything is super fascinating if you are able to uh, get into the details about it. You know, like learning how to do flooring is probably surprising how it actually gets done. You know? I was like, what do you talk? And then I'm like, oh, like yeah, literally, you know, you know, like, literally. It may seem super boring. Like flooring, yeah. I don't know. If you talk to somebody who lays down floors, like you're probably going to learn something interesting. You're like, oh, I never knew that you had to like put this adhesive here, whatever it is. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, being, being genuinely interested in people is super helpful. And then being charismatic, which I think just basically means being present in the moment and being your authentic self. Uh, you know, being who you are with your best friend, uh, it's like a really great way to just like attract the people that you actually like. Yeah. Um, 
And so, yeah, the more that you do those things, the easier it is to make friends and uh, make genuine relationships with people. Yeah. yeah. I, I want to I touch on two things real quick. Also, if you're about to do flooring with somebody that is incredibly enthusiastic about flooring, yeah. it gets it just makes it so much more exciting because you're yeah. like, damn, they're super interested in this. Like, mm-hmm. so it just rubs off on me totally. too. Yeah, you're like, there's got to be something cool about it. Like, yeah. I'll pick up on something that I like about yeah. it. So. Yeah, I like. Uh, it's funny. Like, you hear you'll hear someone like Jacob talk about real estate. And you're like, damn, like, like this man is like so interested in duplexes, man. Like this yeah. is this is awesome. And the same thing comes with how you can make. I didn't include this, but like if you just come in with some good ass energy, people feed off of that. You know, if you come in enthusiastic, if you come in positive, people are probably gonna match that energy. Maybe they want and like, okay, you simmer it down a little bit. You don't just like come in all over aggressive and stuff. And <laughs> like, you know, you gotta read the room. Uh, but if you always come in in like this neutral app, like you're never like you need somebody who is an outlier, I think, to bring that conversation to a, a high energy point um, if you're coming at it from a, a lower energy standpoint. I was listening to my first million episode over break and Sean Puri was talking about like skills that you could have or things you could bring to bring to the table as a younger person that yeah. will set you out or set you apart. And he said that one of the most under-talked about ones, and I really like this because I had been started to reflect on my own myself and how I handle rooms, and it was enthusiasm. And if you mm. are someone that brings enthusiasm yeah. to the room, people are going to want to be around you because yeah. it brings more out of them. And that's huge. So even if it's just coming into your 8 a.m. and just like, talking to the ta or like talking to maybe one of the kids in the mm-hmm. like front row of like hey i like your jacket or something like that yeah it's like oh like i don't need to be maybe they they then think oh like i don't need to be tired right now like this is yeah. a choice yeah and i think that that's something that can go such a long way at this age if you do implement it dude for sure i've been over the break i cold emailed a bunch of people who are i consider like future versions of me um that I just wanted to learn from, connect with. And after every single call, every single person was willing to help me out, right? Connect me with somebody else or give me advice on how I'm approaching something or, you know, whatever it be. They're like, hey, I want to help you out. And every single time, what they said before that was, man, I love your energy. Just, yeah, (laughs) man, I love your energy. Let me help you out. And that was it. You know, I just came into it hype. I came into it really interested in that person. And some of these people were people that I was, you know, were sort of on my dream list. of like, oh, man, that would, be, that would be crazy if I got to talk to them. You know, I've listened to them all the, like for hours. I've read a bunch of their stuff. I'm like, oh, my God, this person is so cool. And the fact that that person now is trying to help me, now is invested in me. And the main reason that they're invested in me is because I just came across like this (laughs) and I was super interested. And all that is, like you said, is just a choice, right? Think about how, you know, that could come across in so many different atmospheres rather than just one call, right? You come across in your classroom and you're the high energy guy. Well, now others, all of a sudden, most of those people in that class are more friendly to you. And maybe you got like three more friends at the end of the semester than you otherwise would. And then those friends compound. Because then they introduce you to three of theirs. Yeah, Yeah. then you introduce them. And then it all multiplies. Yeah. I I think it just comes down to, like, being that genuine, like, enthusiasm. Yeah. Especially with, like, your your cold emails that you did over break. Like, 
just because these were people that you looked up to like for so long they're who you want to be in the future you just showed that enthusiasm because like you said earlier it's about like not caring how you're perceived and since you didn't really care about that you were able to just like show your genuine enthusiasm they're like damn this kid's like actually very interested to yeah. ha- be having like an hour of my time today 